Okay, welcome to the Actual Nothing Podcast. Episode 6. As far as we know, <laughs> we should really, like... No, it's fine. I'm pretty sure this is episode I'm six. pretty sure it's episode 6. Yeah. Disregarding episode 0. Podcast minus, of the podcast. Minus Peter. Minus Peter. Yeah. Rest in peace up until December. But the rest of us are here, and that's all that matters. Right? Welcome. Yes, right. yes. You know, earlier you said intense and purposes. It was one of those words that I thought... Uh, Intensive purposes? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought it was for so the longest time. Like, you is know, there a term for that? I don't know, you know but I remember about? going through a list of those things where people have a, the wrong idea about what they actually are. You know, the most famous one being, like, it picked my interest. And I think a lot of people think of it as, like, P-I-C-K-E-D as picked my interest. I could, I could see that one being screwed up in either peaked as in, like, it piqued your interest because like it was like, yeah, like the peak of a mountain or a peak isn't like you're you're peaking into ah, it. P-E-E-K-E-D. Both those like make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the wrong. It's like Q, right? And yes, yeah, it's P I Q A. Yes, yes. It's P I Q U E. Or <laughs> my roommate freshman year thought that um dog eat dog world was a doggy dog world. <laughs> I know that that's I know that that's a common one too. <laughs> See, it's a, a doggy dog world. That would go on the. Uh, that would be as just as bad as the Paul Revere twentieth century war <laughs> it's hero. A, it's a doggy dog world. It's a doggy dog. Well, I thought that um, you know the dog breed dachshund. Yes. I or, oh, no. or wiener dogs. Oh no. I thought that because of the way it was. Sp- I never heard that spoken in person until like maybe four years ago. But I th- always thought it was pronounced Dosh Hound because of the way it's spelled and because English is stupid. But then my my roommate was like, no, it's it's docs. And I went, oh, come again? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Well, that's why I just resigned to calling it a wiener dog because that's what it yeah. is. So. I guess it's safer. See, I had this idea that you were going to say, I thought it was Dox Hound. Like D-O-X-S-O-U-N-D. Where does the sound come from? It's from the, the C-H in Dachshund. S-C-H? It's D-A-C-H-S-H. I thought it was D-A-U-S-C-H-A-U-N-D. Dude, if I'm wrong. It's like Dachshund. Dach. That's why I thought it was pronounced Dachshund. Nah, D-A-C-H-S-H-U-N-D. Fuck it, it's a wiener dog. Yeah. Scientific... Scientific family from Wiener Canis. Isn't Can- Canis? Wiener is, Canis. Canis is the family name, I think, for dogs. And then Wienus. I'm not the biochemist here. Yeah, Dan, Dan, how do you do the phylo for that? Do the bio part of yeah, your yeah. biochemistry. That's why you're here at this point. Mm. You're here to do. Uh, to write our wrongs about biology. Yeah. yeah it's a Wiener dog. <laughs> or I could be thinking of. The stars Canis Majoris, that might be what I was thinking. Canis Majoris? Or is big, it Lupus? Big dog. Maybe Lupus Ursa is the, ma- the Urs- dog? Lupus? Uh, Ursa is bear. bear. Yes. Never mind. That's pr- I, think, I think it's dog. You know, I'm no... Wiener dog. I'm no astronomist, but... Goodest boyest. Yes, yes. Goodest boyest, a.k.a. Wienerist dogerist. So today, on the docket, we've got hobbies. 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 Hobby lobbies. Hobbies. Hobbits. You know, what are some of your current hobbies? Yeah. Dan, yeah. you go first. <laughs> <laughs> what are my hobbies? Yeah. yeah. What are your off-the-cuff off the cuff hobbies? Off-the-cup. Off-the-cuff? That's wrong. It's off-the-cuff. Off the cusp? Off-the-dome. Off-the-cuff, for sure. Cuff. See, like... Oh, like, like, like... Yeah, 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 like cuffs? that. Yeah, like sleeve cuff, oh. I think. I'm pretty sure. Okay. What are your off-the-cuff hobbies? Right now? Yeah, yeah. sure. I'm working overtime. 
That's your That's hobby? hobby. Working is not a hobby. <laughs> but it's overtime, so it's not like my what do you originally in, scheduled work. But it's still work, though. Yeah, yeah what do you enjoy to do in your spare time? Like, I know like I know that you like to, you do jujitsu, do, right? I don't do jujitsu. I know my own hobbies. Oh, my God. You watch <laughs> I've been UFC. watching a lot of MMA. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I'm listening to that uh, hip hop. I've been on a kick recently because okay. it's MGK Eminem beef. Yeah. That's been pretty interesting. And then what else? I've been playing a lot of league. Okay. Nice. Trying to get to gold. Okay. And then, yeah, that's about it right now. You know, I almost don't even want to call league a hobby because it's just so toxic and it's evil. A, it's a lifestyle. It's really a lifestyle. It's oh. like a diet, really. Mm. <laughs> I have abandoned that completely. I mean, well, almost completely. I abandoned it I when just I just the bare couldn't work. get good. You just to gold? Yeah, but that's easy. Yeah, what are, your, what are some of your hobbies? Uh, biggest one, obviously, video games. That's how I spend a lot of my free time. Recently, discovering more new music. I kind of do it in small bursts because after I sufficiently increase my library... I'll kind of just like listen through all the stuff that I already have, but after I get bored of a lot of the songs that I have been listening to, I'll like go out and listen to stuff. So I think I already told, said it in another podcast where I'll just go on these YouTube channels that have super long playlists of a ton of different artists that they just compile into one spot, and then I'll just have it on autoplay while it runs in the background while I'm doing something else, and then that's how I discover my music. Also, I volleyball is still a hobby for me. I still play every week. Or try to at least, um, on top of it being part of my day job now. But it is still a hobby for me because I get enjoyment out of it and doing some of my free time. Still trying to build your hops? Kind of, not too much. Um, time out. We lost part of JP's audio, so he's going to sound a little bit weird for the next couple of minutes, but I did what he could. Sorry. Mm. That's kind of all I got from you. Yeah. I mean,. You know, one of those things that you were saying was actually really pertinent to another point that I'll make later, but sort of how you do music and how you want to get through a lot of your music and then you sort of feel satisfied with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like an interesting thing because how I feel about a lot of my hobbies is that I've got some that I, you know, that I have on deck that I want to do, but I don't have time to do them. And then I've got all these other hobbies that I want to get through as well. And so part of that is feeling satisfied with the amount of work I've done in my current hobbies before mm-hmm. I can branch out. Because you know there's a certain point where if you like quit a hobby too soon and you move from a different hobby, it's almost like you're giving up. Yeah. Oh, I know a guy who was like that. Really? Well, he just like start one thing and then do it for like a week and then not do it anymore. Yeah, so next thing, yeah. So then it's not really much of a hobby, right? It's kind of just like a fad. But I mean, I, that's also part of trying to find a new hobby, right? That's like true. Testing the waters and seeing if this thing, if you like doing it actually for an extended amount of time or if it's like a one and done type thing. But then that is, does that make it a hobby? If it's a Yeah, there's too many thing? posers, man. People just posing. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll they want to turn it into a hobby, which is another talking point that we have for later. They just ride the hype. People ride the hype too much. I feel like, I feel like having a hobby sort of means that it's been a thing for a while that you've done it for a while it's kind of tried and true it's not just this thing you picked up like I can't go rock climbing for a day and be like yeah I'm a I do rock I'm climbing. a rock climber now I'm a rock climber hobbyist you know sort of guy I do it in my free time you know once but there's the problem with that man too many people do that 
Yeah, I mean, too many people go out, do one thing, and then say, oh, I'm of this. You know, I think I see it a lot right now with, like, photographers. Because you get a lot mm. of... Work, <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost did oh, that. come on, bro. <laughs> Dirty. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Have you seen I'm not that? trying to say that. <laughs> but, but, like... You got a lot of they buy there. nice intermediate cameras <laughs> and post on Instagram, <laughs> like a DX6 or whatever. <laughs> He's probably not even going to listen to this. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, see, that all depends on whether or not he stays true to it. Oh, if he okay. keeps going, then it's pretty real. And if not, you should just buy it off of him for like 100 bucks. That's the plan, man. That's the plan at this point. If he, if he doesn't use it, it's all mine. But... So I see a lot of people like at school or people who are already just picking up photography and like rolling with it because a lot of other people do it and then, you know, not really doing too much else with it. And so like, I almost feel like if you start it, you don't do too much else with it. It's just kind of like a dead hobby or a dead thing that you wanted to do and then didn't have like the interest to keep doing it because it really wasn't something of interest, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that. But I guess that's... That's another little aspect of hobbies that, you know, hobbies are this weird thing that we can't really define super tangibly. You know, they don't have strict parameters. But, like, I think in a general sense, hobbies need to be, like, for a little bit longer than just, like, a week. A day or something. Yeah, or a week. And something that you find enjoyment out of, right? Well, finding enjoyment out of it, I think, is really important towards creating a hobby and having hobbies like that. Because, I mean, like, I don't think anybody has, like, a hobby that they hate doing because then it wouldn't be a hobby, right? I suppose Like, so. if they hated doing it, then why are they still doing it? It's not like... Like, weeg. Okay, okay, <laughs> actually, now that you put it that way, there are... I think there are aspects to a hobby that you can hate. Yeah. But you can still... Do... Not the whole hobby. Yeah, not the like, whole hobby. Like, like, like yeah, like, uh, like, for us musicians, I'm sure there are parts of it like we don't necessarily like practicing like we wish we could just like play the piece right away and have it be perfect but then you gotta do the practice you might not like that or like for me I like to play video games and there might be a level that I hate or like everyone and their mother hates water levels because nobody has ever made a good water level but that doesn't mean that we all hate video games or like competitive aspects of it like Dan said I sometimes don't like playing competitive as much as I want to anymore because it fucking sucks and those communities are toxic and full of pieces of shits but I <laughs> yeah. still like playing the game wow I almost chucked on my spit I like playing the game but not like always in that way so that's fine wait we didn't even get to the you didn't say your hobbies yet oh I mean we were riffing pretty well but so my hobbies would probably just include I like reading a lot. I like watches. And I like, Ooh, I think that's a common hobby right, between that's, all that's of us. That's a great hobby. Um, yeah, all of us really like yep. watches. I like, you know, exploring whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like watching movies. Hobbies, watching old movies, watching new movies, just trying to give them a cool analysis or whatever mm-hmm. and make them real. I like baking. I like cooking. Um, podcasting falls under this as well. Okay, yeah. Now that it is a, it, well, it technically is it is a hobby a for hobby. us now. We've been doing it for a while. Yeah. You know, some of it is really hard, like finding out that without having a pop filter, you yeah, sucks a dick. Or like, there's something every <laughs> there's something every week that you need to do. But it's kind of like, it's a labor of love, right? Yeah. And I think that's a great way of. Like, well, I mean, yeah, with with hobbies, you need to put in time to either be better at them or continue to find enjoyment out of them, right? So my, my like. 
my hobby that I think of whenever I think of like the traditional conventional hobby is like woodworking for some reason. I feel like <laughs> like carpentry. Yeah, like being a carpenter. It's like one of those things that people pick up in their midlife, and it's like you know I'm gonna start working on my like tools and doing stuff like this. And so you start with like really shitty little projects and then you eventually get better at like working with tools, right? Yeah. But I always think of it like you don't just get good with working at wood or working with your tools right away. It's like you got to saw through shit and you got to put stuff together. You got to like learn how things work. <laughs> put a shitty chair together before you can make like a whole couch. Go to your family yeah. and try and, make, try and convince them it's a good chair. Dude, my brother-in-law is a professional carpenter, well, so he must he must have started at some point as it being a hobby and then made it his profession, right? Yeah. I guess. Mm. You could say that. And that's like another... Yeah another big thing we have to consider like when like how is the starting point of hobbies related to creating it as a profession right mm -hmm. so that's another thing oh wait before we end this my last yeah what else do you like to do hobby photography oh <laughs> wow so you up on your high pedestal can look down on all the the try hard peasants that abandoned it after one week and you're just like you you guys suck. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's been sitting in my, like, on deck for, like, what I need to spend more time on. And it's just, like, I haven't been able to do it just because there's no time in the day to, like, you got to go out and take photographs. And you got to spend, like, hours on the editing process of it. And so, like, yeah. you know, I, if I want to make it, a, if I want to make it, like, a more, no, I guess... Try and be better at it. I just gotta, yeah, gotta get better at it. I just have to do it a lot more often. But it is a hobby that I like to keep up with. I do it every so often. It's not like I've left my camera sitting for months at a time. I'll just like pick it up and I'll go shoot for a, like a few hours or something like that. I'll come back and I'll look. I I almost picked it up at one point. I remember in in high school, like you said, like how everyone's like. Oh yeah, everyone's doing this. It seems pretty fun. I almost fell into that trap where I was like, you know, I kind of wanted like a DSLR camera and take like nice photos. And then years later, when I think about it now, I'm just like, in my day to day life or like throughout the week, there are almost zero points where I would ever feel like actually taking out a camera and take and taking photos. So I guess I dodged a bullet. But yeah, I mean, I guess like having that sort of patience. Did you, did you keep up? No, I didn't even start it because oh. I didn't have money for a nice expensive camera. Plus, everyone has freaking cameras Smart on their phones. So I got that S9 Plus. It's yeah, they're getting better. Well, see, that's one of those conversations you have to have with photography is like whether you like taking like photography for a specific reason or whether you just like going out and taking really beautiful pictures like on your phone. Because, you know, doing that is viable as well. Yeah. Like the type of cameras we get on our phones are so complicated and sophisticated now that they can mimic almost anything. Yeah, they're pretty damn good. A digital camera that you can, you can get anything off of those sensors now. I think the difference is that when you start trying to edit and you start trying to create things based on the sensors in a phone against the sensors of a digital camera and how you can, you know, I guess use and manipulate those, it becomes a little different and you start to notice the cracks and the faults in um, phone cameras. So it's all about taste and all about what you want to do with it and how you want the photography to come out. But that's sort of besides the point. <laughs> I'm gonna. I know that the, the main topic of this one is hobbies, but I'm totally gonna make the thumbnail for this a shitty MS Paint drawing of <laughs> camera. Uh, no, no, no. Of uh, what the hell's the guy's name in, in Nickelback? The, Look at this photograph. What's what's his name? What's his, what's the main singer's name? Oh god, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw that though. I'm gonna I'm gonna make an MS Paint drawing. Yeah, of him holding the thing, and that'll be. 
Look at this graph. <laughs> yeah, that one still frame of him holding up the picture, and then yeah. I'll I'll just like continue to compress it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this sort of like rolls into the next question I had. What are some hobbies that you'd like to do but have not had started? And then you know why haven't they been started? And what are some hobbies like you want to dedicate more time to? Okay, let's do hobbies first that we have not started. have not yet started yet. Wait, 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 can can we also do like hobbies? This can also kind of follow that too. But what about hobbies that we've gotten a taste of that we would? Yeah, we want that's the last one. Like, what do you want to dedicate more time to? Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's do okay. the first one. What are some hobbies you'd like to get around to that we just have no experience in at all? Yeah, no experience. Okay. Dan. Hmm. Yeah, let me think about this. If you had the time of day, and then yeah, you could I'll, commit that to it. I'll think about it. You can go, go All right, we'll go around the circle again. And what do you got? For me, hmm, I kind of like to pick up guitar at some point. Really? Yeah. See, that's not something I would have expected to hear from you. It's just like another, I don't know, I mean, it's another instrument. I kind of want to just put another instrument under my belt. But why guitar of all of them? Why not something like the flute? It's easy and accessible, I guess. <laughs> actually, it would either be guitar or bass. Mm. Actually, because you know I love them groovy bass lines, See, so I, I think I, like, I could like do it. Pulling out a funky bass, like an HJ Freaks, like yeah. the guy that I show you, except minus a cross dressing. Have I shown you that? What? Have I shown you that Japanese guy that is no. super good at bass, but he cross dresses, so it's kind of weird. But he's like fucking good at bass. I'll, I'll show it to you later. Anyways, anyone who's anyone. listening, uh, HJ Freaks on YouTube. He's this Japanese bass player who's he, he like himself he freaks. slaps the shit out of the bass, and it's, he's super good. But like he's kind of weird because he cross dresses. But hey, he's living his full life, so Mainly like whatever. SFW, yeah. yeah, yeah, don't look Access it up at work. On your own time. <laughs> but he's really good. Um, yeah, that's one of them that I look. I think I think if we lived on a coast, I would also take up surfing because I already longboard. Yeah. And I'll I'll classify snowboarding as one of the other ones later, but surfing is something that I've always wanted to try, but since we only live next to Lake Michigan with no waves, we can't really do that. Waves come in the winter, you just got to, you know, man, yeah. do it. But those are those are I think two of the ones that I'd like to do. If I come up with anything else, I'll chime in. But put some wheels on, a, on like a surfboard. You'd probably feel at home. <laughs> there is a there is a longboard that they supposedly say it feels like a surfboard, like in the way you carve. I don't know. I haven't tried it, but really? well, yeah, we'll see. Huh? I don't know how you mimic waves. Neither do I. <laughs> this thing is so unstable. It's like <laughs> riding waves. Yeah, and there's, somehow there's still sharks on the street. There's <laughs> <laughs> different types of sharks. They're people now. Um, so yeah, you said guitar, you said... Guitar, possibly bass, bass possibly bass, guitar and bass interchangeably, and surfing. Those are things that I would totally like to do. And so... But we can't, because I, well, I can for guitar and bass, I could totally put down the money for that, but I don't want to right now, because I'm still kind of poor, and then, like I said, we don't live near the coast, so surfing's not ideal, I'm not in the ideal conditions to do that, so... Yeah, I think money and time are just a really big, are part, partially the reasons that we can't do most things, right? Yeah. Those like super specific ones, like we don't live on the coast, and so it's impractical. Yeah. But so really the money and time are just these big things that keep us from doing most hobbies, right? Mm-hmm. Dan, did you think of anything yet? Mm, no. All right, I'll go, I'll go <laughs> okay. on and we'll go to you. 
I had really like to, you know, start learning about wine because Ooh, I you want to become a sommelier. Yeah, because is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah, you know, something I get to wine experts. Yeah, if I had time to take up wine as a dude, hobby. all the sommeliers that I that were in the binny stores that I worked Somalians? with, some, yeah, all the Somalian pirates that I worked with while I was at <laughs> binnies, they were all super cool guys. So. Huh. They, they were like, you should try this one. If you got a girl coming over, you should show her this one. I was like, cool. Well, I'm single, so I can't do that. See, but that's the thing, though. like, <laughs> I can kind of discern the flavors of specific wines against others, but I don't necessarily know. I can't... You're just like, I like this, I don't like this. Yeah, it's like, I can't label it down to, oh, yeah, this tastes really... You know, like, because we can do that with beer now. Yeah, because we, we have an experience. So oh, that's another hobby for us, beer. Oh, beer yeah, yeah, that's a beer thing. drinking is a hobby. If you want to call that... We're, we're not... We're okay, <laughs> well, actually... <laughs> I think if we had enough money, we could turn the hobby into an addiction. Oh, that would be a lifestyle. <laughs> not an addiction. There's a clear difference. Um, yeah, so, I mean, wine would be another one that I'd like to pick up, just because I feel like I don't know enough about it. And I feel like wine culture is really interesting about how they grow their how they grow their grapes, how they make the wine, how the soil really affects the flavor of wine. You want to go to Napa Valley and all that? Is well, you went to Italy, right? So is that is is Italy like the mecca of wine? It depends. I think Italy has some really great areas that are good for wine. Um, one of the one of my favorite wines that I had, had comes from the Piedmont area of Italy. Mm. It's called Arnaise. It's really good. It's a white wine, pretty sweet. That was kind of a drier after, but, you know, this is just my sort of inching into wine and trying to figure out everything about it. For instance, there are people who can taste a wine and just automatically know what type of flavors they're, you know, they're experiencing. Like, oh, this tastes like peach or oh, this tastes like fucking whatever, cherries or plums or some shit. And I have no idea how those come out. That's impressive. Stuff like that. There's a whole manga about that. Really? Yeah. I don't know, but I'll if I find out about it again, I will send it to you. I don't know if it necessarily comes into my... Yeah. Wanting to be more of a wine person by washing them, or by reading the main. <laughs> I don't know. But I'll try it. The next one that I've got, I'd like to learn more about, um, like, architecture and decor. Okay. And, you know, it's something that I feel is missing from my knowledge about history, is how the architecture and the decor of specific time periods affects the entirety of the culture yeah. around it. Because, like, there's a lot of instances where music is so to like how architecture is made and how art and visually it looks and how the decor of a house is. You know, I did a study about like Parisian decor and how it relates to music in the 19th century. And it's like Parisians just became, Parisians just became these really great uh, home decorators. And like this author had called their homes like little academies of art and visual art and all these things and carpentry and shit and so it's just like learning about like how people decorated their homes can sort of point to what music they're listening to what type of culture they're consuming as well so I've always wanted to get into architecture that's kind of interesting whenever I think of like baroque music I always think of like colonial America with all their like huge wigs and the powdered stuff and all the like fancy jackets and huge early dresses so I guess that has some validity in well, that you statement know what's interesting is that Baroque music comes from the word Baroque meaning sort of a like disgusting almost it's like a type of architecture that's really overbearing and kind of ugly and so yeah it kind of is actually yeah. so and so like um 
That's where a, a musical term stems from a visual practice of architecture. You know, Baroque architecture and Baroque art, Baroque art is just like that. It's a bit overbearing and kind of ostentatious mm. and sort of... Ooh, good word. Good yeah, word. good word, right? Nice. Word ostentatious. Today. I don't think I've used that in the last... In the, in the last 24 years. <laughs> yeah. Good word, ostentatious. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, that's why I'd like to look at architecture and decor, right? But so, like the main issues with all of these are just like not having enough time to get into stuff like that. There's only so many hours in the day where you can be like, oh yeah, I got this. Uh, and I can, you know, allot this much time to learning about decorus and shit. And the other part about it is what I mentioned before, is I don't want to drop certain areas of study or certain other hobbies for new ones because I don't feel sufficient in my knowledge of these ones that I'm trying to pick up now. You know, I, I feel like there's a certain threshold that I want to get through before I could say, now is the time where I can start supplementing this knowledge with new things, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like how you don't really want to start looking for new music all the time because then you don't have time to listen to your old music and, like, get really acclimated to it yeah. and be very used to what it sounds like. Yeah, that's like why I said I, like, listen through my playlist a bunch before I get bored of it and then I'll go look for something new. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So... I always feel that I want to learn about something pretty thoroughly, and then I'll start on something new because I'll feel like I got this. I have a thorough grasp about what I'm trying to learn, and now I can supplement it with a new thing. Did you think of anything, Dan? No. <laughs> nothing. You know, you There's nothing that, that you even like. Nothing that you even think is cool. What about boxing? Yeah. Well, you you Boxing's, like you like, like MMA. Well, you said we're not going into that. Stuff that we've had a taste of, because I I was at oh, the, the Muay Thai class for a little bit. Okay, okay. Fine. Do you want you want to yeah, go into that? I'm trying to do yeah a little bit more. Okay, let's do that. That's then, fun, so. man. So let's go into the tabis that we've had a taste of that we would like to do. Because I have one. So yeah, yeah definitely. You said Muay Thai. Yeah, I was in Muay Thai. I was, was like ten classes, but I had the free class before, so it's kind of like eleven. So it's not. It's only a taste, you know. I'm still. I wouldn't go around being like, yeah, I do Muay Thai and I'm a beast, something like that. But uh, it's really fun. It was good. And I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah. So are there yeah. Like specific steps that you would take in order to get better at Muay Thai? Like things you could just do go to class, time. just go to the gym, just hit the gym up every class we have. They have it, I don't know, like Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday. So if you keep going and keep going, then you'll get better. So it keeps you from doing that. Uh, my freaking work is in the North Gurney. Yeah. And then the Muay Thai gym is south and downers grove so that's oh, far man yeah even if i go like if i leave my work exactly at five then i won't get there by the time the class starts at six which is kind of a rip or there's like, no closer uh, ones no annoyance <laughs> yeah that, that travel is like an hour and a half normally it's a pretty bad drive yeah, yeah. especially with rush hour yeah yeah so so then we have stuff like that where it's you know time doesn't permit there's not a like these really weird personal reasons like it's just so far away but then, you know, I think any practically thinking person would be like, why not find a, a Muay Thai class that's closer to your work so you can just bop right in? Have you ever tried looking up, like, videos and just kind of practicing it on your own time at your house? Yeah. But it's still not the same experience it's as if you, like, go to the actual like gym, right? Gym, yeah. right yeah. I think getting that personal, like, you know, you the instructor. experience, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's sort of an integral part of learning any martial art. Mm. So why not why not pick a class that's closer to where you work or closer to here? Well, the gym was really cool there. It was a Counter-Strike MMA at Downers Grove. They had two instructors. One was this uh, like good cop and one was a bad cop. One was a complete dick. He was this white guy. His name was uh, Crew Rick. They used Crew. That's the 
name for the teacher. C R E W. K R U. Crew. It's Thai. Okay. Oh. Like Crew Rick. And the dude, dude was a complete asshole, but he was a BSM Muay Thai. He knew what he was talking about. He was um, really cool to learn from. Because, like, yeah, he's like, people don't care about how much of a dick you are. Like, even if you're getting insulted, it's like, whatever. But if you're learning the discipline, then you're willing to go through it. So, what is it about Muay Thai that you like so much? It's the art of eight limbs. It's striking. Okay. So that, like, if you're using your entire body, like, I was in karate for a little bit. I knew how to throw punches, but I had no idea how to throw kicks. I was like, yeah, I want to learn how to throw kicks. And then the Thai people, they know how to kick people because they were the first people to develop the leg kick. Really? Kick the people in the freaking. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. They were the first ones to <laughs> Up do it. Until well. those people, no, everyone dragged themselves by their arms along the ground. And they're like, oh, I'm talking about kicking people know how to in use the my legs. legs. <laughs> yeah, kicking people in the legs. Because oh, okay. if you get kicked in the leg, like, it'll like, make your whole leg go fat. And you're just like, oh. Hey, man, Muay Thai, if I had to learn a martial art, that's like top three to, for wouldn't, me. Wouldn't be capoeira? Capoeira looks cool, but I don't know about its practicality. I really don't think it's a sustainable thing. I always think that, like, it just looks so tiring. Yeah. Do you know the story behind capoeira? Mm-hmm. Why they do it? Well, isn't it like a Brazilian dance that they're originated from? It's a dance from? because before then, they were ruled by a, a government that didn't want people to learn how to fight and to, you know, militarize. And so they, so they just, blended it in so dancing. They disguised this martial art with the dance so mm. they were able to practice but it looked like dancing and that that's why in most capoeira circles they have drums so that it has that sort of rhythmic feel to it yeah oh cool fact. I always think of Eddie Eddie Goro from Tekken oh, Eddie Goro yeah. not Eddie Goro and Steve because he's still I know he does so what's your um well, well is that is that, the, is that the only thing that you think of that you are like I would want to do like literally anything if it's like skydiving uh doing cocaine you know that really pushes into addiction even more than alcohol do you, do you have anything else Dan? Uh, maybe I'm kind of boring but I was thinking about folks focusing on the career and building that up because that takes a lot of time and then if that's okay. something you really want to do you know maybe you're not as interested in thinking about your future hobbies that you may want to do well, there are workaholics that actually enjoy doing work, so yeah. Yeah. I guess that can kind of be a hobby for them, right? Sure. I mean, I guess not really a hobby since it's like the word hobby kind of assumes differentiates itself from. It's, it work. assumes that you're not doing professional career. Work, yeah. I guess. But I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, that's to- that's totally fine. I mean, like. Everyone needs to do their own thing. Yeah, and, and right I still now, got my own hobbies, you know. And right now, especially, it's, like, really important that we allocate time well mm-hmm. rather than, like, diversifying ourselves into too many little hobbies and then becoming shitty at all of them. But yeah. just doing them and then not, at, not good at one thing. Yeah, right? I still, like, um, the thing that stuck with me was Napoleon Dynamite where he said, you got to have skills. And that's something I took to heart. Yeah, that was the yeah. one line of the whole movie that you oh, remembered. Yeah, yeah. You want you want to have skills, so it's important to be well rounded too. What, like, uh, so what even if you're not stuck with you from that movie, uh, the dance. I like your sleeves <laughs> a real big. Yeah, I think that was the one that stuck for me as well. It's my it's my favorite movie of all time. So. Or or the one where he's sitting in the time machine and he like zaps his balls really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other one I like is like. <laughs> it took me like an hour to do the, the shading on the upper lip. 
<laughs> Dude, you know, like, brief tangent. I don't know why that, like, sort of dry humor has, like, disappeared from normal society's taste in humor for movies and stuff. But, like, I I love that time. Like, like when that and, like, Nacho Libre came out. All those, like, types of, like, dry humor, like, kind of stupid movies came out. I don't know, man. It's... Napoleon Dynamite, I think, is... No. It's still. If anything, that movie's got one of the. I guess dry is the word for it. It's <laughs> so aimless. I know, that's why I love it. I think that movie was. You know, if I remember correctly, that movie was trying to portray life in the state. You know, how it's just kind of like you meander around, you find little things that you want to yeah. do, and then you do it. And then sometimes it doesn't work out, and sometimes it does. <laughs> what state sort of, was it? Uh, wasn't it like Idaho or something? Probably some Midwestern state. Yeah, some real Idaho. I don't know, man. It it introduced me to my favorite song of all time, and then thus my favorite band of all time. Yeah, so I mean, so, this movie has a lot of like, mm, heat bearing on you. It, it's it's yeah, it's my favorite movie, and it's my has my favorite song of all time too. So which one? The Can't one heat the one that he dances to at the oh, end yeah, for yeah, the yeah. thing. Yeah, Jamiroquai is my favorite band. Great song. What are your hobbies? Uh, like to do more of. I know for sure uh, I had a taste of snowboarding last December or January or something. Uh, we went up to, me and a couple friends from school went up to uh, Wisconsin and went to Cascade Mountains, I guess is called the, is the resort. Um, but we only went for two days and I picked it up really fast. Uh, luckily, since I already longboard. Oh, that's another hobby of mine, I guess I can say. But since I already longboarded, I kind of knew that I already liked boarding sports, I guess. And uh, I don't know, snowboarding is one of those things that I'd always seen before that experience that I'd always seen on, like, media or, like, TV or whatever. And it's always like, you just look cool doing snowboarding. Like, no matter, even if you suck, you, like, you look pretty cool doing it, right? And then... Maybe. Maybe, unless Mm. you're total garbage, which I was the first day. But over the two days, like, the difference between the first and the second day were crazy. Like, the first day, I almost concussed myself because I was falling so hard. But then the second day, I was already going off of jumps and ready to try to attempt to grind rails and stuff. Uh, But that was, so far, I've only gone that one time. And I kind of do plan on making it, like, a yearly thing. I know we've already talked about that. Like we can, if we can organize a trip when we're all off, we can try to do that. Dude, I know a couple of other friends. Go to yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> um, dude, it's still up. If we can snowboarding or skiing, either one. But um, I really enjoyed my time snowboarding the first time, and I want to get better at it. Uh, as for why I can't really do it that much, is because we're in Illinois and not really in a state or area that has that easily accessible. But if we were in somewhere like. Wisconsin or like Colorado, as I know, is a huge place for that. If that was a lot more accessible to us and we were nearby, hell yeah, dude, I'd absolutely drop money to go do that. Um, I'm even considering buying my own gear for that if I can do it pretty regularly, like every year. Because um, I know some of my friends even that live here, they have their own gear and they go out every snowboarding season. And I'd, like, I'd love to join them because I really find a lot of enjoyment out of that. That's one of them. The other one I would like to do, there's actually a few. Longboarding, same thing. I'd like to do, it, it is, it's it's already a hobby that I do because I already like cruise on and sometimes, not not as nearly as much as I used to, uh, just because a lot of my friends that I used to do it with are either busy with work or whatever. Um, but 
if we were in a like I said, kind of a snowboarding like better terrain. We're in Illinois, like Midwest. Everything's kind of flat. So if things were like more hilly, like when I was in California a couple like a month ago, every time I would see like all these windy streets and like all these hills and stuff, I was always like, this would be so much fun to longboard down. But don't really have that around here. So there's some aspects of my already existing hobby of longboarding that I can't quite do because of the circumstances of where I am. Uh, another one that I'd like to commit more time to, but I just haven't. Piano also. Um, I did a lot while I was over school. Like, really? There's about seven songs that I've just committed to muscle memory that are just like in my head forever, but there's more that I want to do, but I just haven't for whatever reason. Other hobbies or I don't feel like it at the, during the day, uh, but I mean, I'll probably get to that eventually because that's, I, for that one, I pretty much have no excuse other than I haven't, that's it. Um, and then I guess another hobby that I'd like to, I don't know if I'd commit more time to it, but if I had the means to buy it more would be watches. I mean, yeah. all of us, all three of us can kind of relate to that where we're like, I like, I have this watch now, but look at that one. And it's so nice. And I guess that's like the most materialistic thing I can say that is a part of me because it's kind of weird because when we first, when you and me first started getting into it, we already, I told you, well, I don't know if you remember, but I told you, I was like, I didn't have any prior interest in watches. Like literally one week of my life, I looked at some things and I was like, I like this. Right. I, I want this now. I know. And it just happened. And like, even still to this day, like you and me share watches back and forth with each other. Like we'll find these pages and it's an expensive hobby. I mean, like any, any sort of collecting hobby, whether it be like trading cards or purses for girls or people like car guys sneakerheads is a great sneakerheads. example oh, sneakerheads, dude. or any yeah. like hype beast like it's it like if you're collecting massive amounts of these things it takes a lot of money and maybe down the line we'll have better means to do that but yeah, those are kind of the things that I like to do. Dude, that watch stuff, though, too real. Man, oh, no. I, I see so many watches There's where I'm so just like, I oh, I could I could sink so much money into this right now. If I was rich and I had to collect one thing, a lot of people are like, I would get like lake houses or like I would get a ton of cars. No, I would collect watches, watches. because they don't take up that much space and they're nice and I like to look at them. Plus, I like to accessorize because... I don't know. You gotta look fresh yeah, you gotta all look the time. Fresh. You gotta be fresh to death. You know. Like, I like your, I like yours, dude. It's nice though. What are you wearing today, Dan? Yeah, what are you wearing? What's what? Got the Bulova. Oh, Bulova. Nice. Yeah. Hey, they're reputable. Bulova's great. Yeah. We got some really. I like cool, the, the uh, navy blue, dude. That's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. What, what band do you have that on right now? Is it whatever default I, band that I came with. Yeah. Is it leather? Hey, dude. You can't go wrong with leather. In leather. You know what I've seen recently? I have a friend who has a, a navy blue dial skein. And he has it on a NATO band. And that thing is sexy. I need to get a NATO band. Dude, the NATO band really changes everything up. Actually, getting a new strap in general just changes the entire outlook of the watch. That's what I did with my other one. Yeah. It came with links, but I don't look good in links. So I, I only think that links look good for specific occasions. I was at yeah. a wedding recently, and I'm like, you know, I would like a, a nice watch with some links on it. That would be 
kind of classy, works well with the suit, you know. But otherwise, I'm all about that leather band or the NATO strap. Yeah, I'm gonna put a NATO on the next one that I get. Yeah, for sure. What's your uh, what's the your next, next watch? The, yeah, that what's your goal? That Christopher Ward. Oh, the Chris Ward watch. I still, That's I still haven't decided. It's that red. Pull it up. I'll, okay, I'll show you. It's a, it's a nice red bezel on it, but I haven't decided if I want white for the face or black for the face. But we'll decide you know? when we get it. I might. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, if I if there are any dealers around us, I might just go into the store and then try them on myself and then decide at that point. Do you ever but, see people, you ever see those uh, posts where people go into the dealer and they'll try on like an Alanja Sin watches? Yeah. And those things are like $100,000. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you will never ever have this on your wrist on a day-to-day basis, yeah, but right never now, again. just relish the moment. Yeah, those things get really <laughs> hot. You know, I, I've seen some Alanja Sun watches that are like five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Those things are crazy. That's like the highest end to watch. <laughs> like we like we said, expensive hobby if you're trying to go for it. But hey, a man can dream. You know what you got to try to do. You have to try and trade up, like that guy who traded up for a house. Do you, yeah, you well, he started with a. Pen? He started with a little pen or some yeah. shit, like a paperclip, and he's tra- he kept trading up, and he picked up a, a house at some point. I'll yeah. trade him for the paperclip. <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't immediate a house to from a paperclip. It was like he traded a paperclip for like yeah, an eraser, yeah. and then like an eraser for like uh, a bookcase, and then it just kept growing, and like he would slowly get items in increasing value, and then he somehow got a house. That's insane. Yeah, what a beast. I think my next watch is uh. You know, it's got to be either a Nomos or a IWC watch. Both are very good choices. Yeah, and you know, they're like, they're on the same right. level, like intermediate. How much is that one? 800. <laughs> oh, God. Like intermediate watch collecting. Like they're really nice watches too. I've always liked uh, IWC's uh, Le Petit Pilot. The, the navy blue one is always good. But I've also really wanted um, the Psycho Alpinist, you know, and those are really nice as well. Would you guys ever consider those watch gang type of things where they have a monthly subscription but they send you a free watch or no it's not it's like yeah it is watch gang yeah no, it's like 90 a month or something and i'm then, unaware of this and then they send you a watch and it's usually way more than 90 bucks but you get to keep it i'm well the thing with like hobbies about stuff that you wear is like you can kind of be picky about it because it's something that you're wearing yeah so, so for me watches i'm you'd always I'm want kind to pick of, it out yourself I'm, right? yeah i'm That's kind what of I'm picky asking. about How are you, JP? so in regards to that, I put that in the same category as those applications that you can sign up for where they send you a box of clothes every yeah. week. And I think that, well, what I've heard is that they end up being shitty clothes. You know, mm. you end up sending back most of the clothes and you don't keep all of them. So like... With the watch games, probably the Chinese watch. And yeah. The you know, on our yeah. slash watches, our slash watches, which is our... <laughs> This is our regular oh, is that podcast the Reddit? Is that the reference. Reddit? Yeah, uh, yeah. The Reddit comment of the week? Yeah, yeah Reddit comment of the week is our slash watches. You keep seeing these uh, posts about seagull watches, mm. and they're from China. And they, you know, they look kind of fancy, but they give off this vibe that they're worth about $100. It's like you something know? you get on like Alibaba. Yeah, or yeah. Or AliExpress just like, or whatever. It, it's like, it, it'll probably work for a while, but it won't work as well as these other watches that they're clearly copying, you know? Yeah. And, and all those uh, copycat watches definitely come out of the woodwork. You see all of them on, at least I do, on my Instagram. I'll see all these watches that look just like Nomos watches or will look just like... Like the co- try to copy a Rolex or something? Yeah, yeah. They just yeah. make... They have similar dials, but they're cheaper. And it's like they're definitely cutting corners somewhere. There are whole documents yeah. dedicated to, like... This is a difference between a legit Rolex and like these are how you tell the fakes. So. Yeah, 
it's enough of an industry that people either don't care for the real thing or they're just like this is close enough or they don't know and then they get dripped off for money. Well, it's because I think a lot of people don't look at watches from that sort of standpoint yeah. where it's like a, a real hobby where you're looking into every little aspect of it. Same down thing to beer. the Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you have to look at every part about it. I mean, I like I like to consider the brewing process for the beer as much as the tasting and is how it's poured. You know, every part of the brewing experience and the tasting beer experience leads you to a holistic beer experience that is like totally different when you consider everything. And so in the same way, if you consider watches from their inception, like the creation of every small singular part, the mechanism, how they all work together, how smoothly it works, what types of different mechanism you can choose from. I think that is like a real indication that you're in the hobby of watches because it's like when you have a greater appreciation for them, like just strictly the look of it. Yeah. And I don't like being a gatekeeper because you can like watches for whatever reason you like. Yeah. But I also think there are superficial reasons for liking watches as well, including only liking it for the look, you know, yeah. only liking well, it for the aesthetic. Superficial. Well, because then you're only going in it for the like how it looks on your on, on your wrist and not for every little other part about it. That's that can be appreciated. It kind of falls into the same idea as people who buy like Supreme stuff because it's a brand, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is the opposite. You're saving money and you're just interested in the look. Yeah, I but feel then like it, that's a popular reason and that's legit. Like if you just I, I want to wear a watch, it's because it's like even though it, it looks aesthetic, it's a cool looking thing. Yeah, but I think that just falls into a different ho- a different type of category. It's it's superficial because it's only surface deep. You know, you're only going in it uh, into it so that people will look at you and be like, "That's a cool watch." You know, and it's it's less what about. I tell the time too. <laughs> well, yeah, you can tell the time, but I guess like there are a lot of people who will buy those really cheap Aldi watches for like fifteen bucks, and they yeah. end up working for like a minute. And then they don't work anymore. Like maybe not literally a minute, but sometimes literally a minute. Did you guys know that nowadays kids are actually starting to become unable to read analog on clocks? Really? Yeah, it's like a legit thing that I guess before this it would be like kids don't write in cursive anymore. And now it's like kids can't read analog on clocks. (laughs) I'm not saying it's like an epidemic, but like I'm pretty pretty sure there's a lot of kids out there that can't. Well, there's a lot of adults probably that can't even read analog on the clock. But yeah, it's a thing. Hmm. I guess like you know, liking watches for specific reasons doesn't make them not hobbies, but I think that categorizing them to different things is important as well, you okay. know? So you can like watches for whatever reason, or whatever reason you want, but I think, you know, they're different hobbies then. Because then if you like it for the surface, it's more about the fashion. Yeah. And your hobby is more fashionable fashion, than it is watches. Yeah. 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 And so that's legit. I, I agree with that. Wow, well, okay, Mr. Gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Is there anything that you wait? Did are, did you already start going into what you? You know, I had a few things. Oh, there's a voice crack of the week. Oh, there it is, and we're real. We got the Reddit reference. We got the voice crack. Reddit we're now we're just waiting for the really bad, like not fact. And this and this the unfact. Yeah. Yeah, untrue fact or dumb sentence, which might have already happened and it might have slipped under our nose. So who knows? Yeah, maybe it was the leg thing. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> I, I like to I like to think about. It's the leg thing. Before the leg thing, Paul Revere rides through <laughs> the time-traveling Paul Revere. He didn't Revere. know how to kick or use his legs before. No, no. But the Paul horse Revere. did, so he was able to ride <laughs> yeah. through that time period. Well, that's a pretty deep, entrenched meme. Oh, the Paul Revere. Paul Revere memes? You want to start Paul Revere memes I think on like, the, me IRL? <laughs> I think that's only pertinent to us at this point. The Paul Revere yeah. time-traveler meme. 
That's pretty dope, though. I feel like it could catch on. Paul Revere as a time Paul traveler? Revere, yeah. Put that one in writing prompts. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Revere is a time traveler who only works in uh, warning people about incoming danger, but he works in every single century. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That would work. That's like, that, that comes into the same realm as, like, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard that movie was horrible, but Dude, like it kind it. of made me want to watch it because it looked like one of those movies that's like it's so bad that you would get enjoyment out of it that's because it's so I bad. Did. Did you, you watched it? I watched it. it was was so, it pretty funny? Yeah. Or like fun to watch at least? I mean, it was a meme for sure. Okay. Well, hey, dude, I watched it. Dude, it part great. two. Yeah. Paul Revere, the time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> I think from mine... I talked a little bit about wine. You know, I literally had a taste of wine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to get into this. I think the other one is definitely uh, photography. Because I do it, and I get tastes of it, but I don't do enough of it. And so the problem with it is just getting out and allotting time for that. And I've got, you know, so many other things to balance outside of it. And so naturally, I have to make sacrifices in my schedule for other pertinent things in my life. So like being a student is really important to me. And pushing my own career is important. And so between those two things taking up a lot of my time, it's not wise to pick up something like that, that takes a few hours of your day to like take pictures and develop them for its own sake. But I guess what good that's come out of it is that now that I've let it sit and I keep doing it, it's become a hobby that I do with pure motivation of, uh, you know, not for any other, not for trying to impress or to be part of a fad, but to just do it for myself and to keep it like not superficial at all and make it this thing that I like to do and have only for me and do it for fun and not try and make it anything else. So for me, it feels a lot more pure because I've like had it run through the ringer a few times and I still do it. But I definitely want to like put more into it, whether it be like monetary funds when I feel it's correct or just more time. Hmm. Yeah. The next question I had come I'd come up with is, uh, you know, a really interesting one that I had thought about while I was writing out these questions. But how have your hobbies, I guess, progressed over time? You know, so if you think about which hobbies have you had in high school or even before and which have you yeah, kept up until blow today? a league so hard, but now I'm almost gold. So it's not much of so a climb. So now you only blow slightly less, right? That's right. Wow. <laughs> but it's uh, it's been a long way, you know. But isn't that weird how, like, you know, that's been one of those things that's kept up for all these years. Yeah. From starting in high school. It's a hobby that you've kept doing and come coming back to. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you quit and then you come back to it because mm-hmm. you're like, I once hate you, this freaking game. Once you start that game, you don't ever, you don't, you're balls deep forever. Yeah, it's screw that. Even game, I dude. quit. I quit, and you guys still yeah, somehow but get still me. Play to, with us you, you somehow get me to play, and you know, <laughs> Peter will be back and be like, "Dude, dude, for the hang." <laughs> you know, you want to play with all five of us, and I'm like, "I know." And so I'll play my support character because that's all I know how to do. And we win, and it's fun. I think, and, I, and then I always go through it. Maybe I'll get back in the league, Maybe and I'll get I'll good get at support, and, and I'll yeah. keep playing. And then, and then I kill that thought before I can do anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's funny. Yeah, but I mean, League is a really cool example of that. I think a reason why League has always stayed real is that a lot, like, a lot of us have played it over the years as well. You know, and even when we have periods where we quit, some one of us in our group or of our friend group is always playing. And so there's always that idea that it's there mm-hmm. and we can keep doing it. I think the other thing, too, is that the league community is huge. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, it's huge and it's easily accessible. And so, like, you can always get back it's on the league game. community. Yeah, it's yeah. F- literal free game. 
So you can always get back on the grind whenever you want to. And so mm-hmm. the hobby never really leaves your thought. It's not one of those things that requires like money where it's like, oh, I have to quit because I don't have money for it and I don't see when I'm going to come back. Yeah. It's literally just a self-motivation thing where yeah. like, oh, right now, now I'm yeah, back tough. here. I feel good about it. You know, maybe I had one good rando game. I'm going to get back into league. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's easily accessible because yeah. of that. Well, the total time aspect is why I quit comp or rank. So yeah, uh, what are like what are some other uh, hobbies that you've yeah, kept you, through the years? You got anything else, Dan? Well, one thing that I've thought about is that we all still kind of play basketball. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and, that's, basketball. and that's, that's an interesting yeah. one because we all started that about the same time, uh, like yeah. middle school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I suck at that game now, but that doesn't mean I won't go and like yeah, shoot we'll around for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll dude. still ball like with randos if we can too. Like. Go to the park and play with some people at yeah. like the that's local like one park. Of the, that's one of the I guess hobbies that we all share that we don't aren't trying to like get good at. Yeah, we're not <laughs> trying to just aim to be the best. Like we just have fun doing have it. Fun. So, yep. yeah. I think that's probably the best example of a true hobby. A true hobby. Ooh, you know, it's just yeah. kind of like it's something that we do communally, and it's something that we just all like to do together. Yeah. Not for the sake of being great yeah. or being the best at something and crafting it. But just like being together and having a fun time, it's it's an enjoying thing. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we don't hate it sometimes because like we lose to like <laughs> yeah. Justin or, or like people who are good. But it's still like a, a bonding experience for us, and that's another one where I think that like having those experiences together make the hobby useful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, what about you? How about like something that I've had that has just gone with me? Yeah. Like, well, both. What type of hobbies have you kept over the years and what, you know, might have, might have fallen into the cracks? Okay. Uh, well, music for sure has been a lifelong thing for me. Um, pretty sure it started with you guys cause your whole family is musicians. And then since I've hung out with you guys for a large portion of my life, a lot of your preferences and other things started to seep into aspects of my life. And then you know, when we were both young, we were taking piano lessons, and at that time, that was where my aspect of music is, but now it's like uh, discovering and listening to music is a huge part of what I do. Um, not so much playing as much anymore, but like I still really love listening to it. So I guess the aspect of music that I'm into has changed a bit over the years from playing into and analyzing or listening stage. Uh, another one is for sure volleyball. Um, like Dan said, I was ass when I first started it, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm continu- like to this day I'm still continually trying to get better at it. You know, um, luckily I'm at a stage where I'm I hope good enough that I can. You know, it's my day job now, so you know I'm trying to take it into a different aspect of my life where not only am I still improving on it and doing it in my day to day to day life, but now I'm starting to teach other people about it, which is a cool You're a change beast, aspect man. The, guy, the one dude spiked it, and then uh, you just ate it, and then popped it, went it right. off of my yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, for all y'all, awesome, for all y'all who through, don't know, Aaron's good as hell. You guys completed the play and scored the point. That Thank so you. Um, <laughs> and then another one would uh, be my hobby of video games. Because earlier, high school and maybe like early college, uh, like Dan, I was huge into ranked league and like getting super good at it but nowadays i find myself a lot less concerned with the competitive aspect of video games except slightly overwatch but even that i'm not like super hardcore like i used to be with league so now it's less about me being like the best and now i kind of enjoy the diamond yeah but now i mean now i'm a lot of like a lot of a lot of the games that i'm playing i'm kind of just playing for the enjoyment of it like 
now it's not so much I'm I'm playing less games that are competitive and more like either collectathons where it's like get all these things because I like seeing completed log books and or it's just like I just like playing things for fun in single player instead of like raging at people because they're not as good as me. I mean I'll do that I'll do that from time to time, but it's not like I'm devoting many hours of my day like I used to to mm. it. So like my my taste in video games has sort of evolved a little bit with as I'm getting older, so you know, that's a point that I was going to talk about here, actually. I think the longer we have our hobbies, you know, undoubtedly they become a lot more sophisticated mm-hmm. and they become a lot more, I guess, reflective of our passions and of what we like to do. And so that's a great example where it goes from being competitive, uh, at least with playing video games, to just trying to enjoy aspects of the game that, you know, become so common that you can compare them among games. Yeah. And, and that sophistication of hobbies, I think, is so important to our developing as people and our developing as personalities. Because, you know, when you develop uh, different tastes over time and you develop your own self-actualization of sorts of your own personality, your hobbies come with it. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about this when I was writing out my answer to this question because I, I guess my answers were like, my hobbies in high school were weird. I played basketball a lot. At that point, music was a hobby of mine that I, that I made into a career, but mm-hmm. that's a different thing. Um, but also, like, I played Xbox with you guys a lot yeah, of the time. Halo. Yeah, we a played of, lots of, of Guitar Halo, Hero. Lots of Guitar, guitar Hero, Hero, you know, shit like that. And nowadays, I think back on it, it's like, you know, I don't do any of those things anymore. I don't yeah. play ball. I don't, like, play Halo. I don't play Guitar Hero anymore, except for when I'm feeling nostalgic. And it got me thinking about what parts about those things I liked the most and how they've kept with me over time. So, like, you know, even with uh, even with Guitar Hero and stuff like that, I liked the aspect of listening to music and becoming so well acquainted with it that I know every in and out of a song. Well, I mean, yeah, like, between us and, like, Peter, I'm pretty sure everything on Guitar Hero 3, like, word yeah. for word, note for note, like... If I hear through the fire and flames, I can literally see in my head how the note patterns look yeah. when it's coming down on Guitar Hero mm-hmm. in my head. Like, I don't even need to see it. Like, I just know how it looks. And, and you know, I think that, like, every part of that game is, of, especially Guitar Hero 3, is like a meme for us. <laughs> and that's where the meme comes in. Your podcast meme, daily, meme talk weekly week. meme yeah, talk. If we haven't already hit that. I mean, I think we probably have. It's sort of, like, regular. But... So, you know, all of those things are just so regular and memeable for us now. And nowadays, my personality has grown and I've become a little more mature. A lot of uh, what I've taken from that is just trying to listen so intently and becoming so acquainted with pieces of music and stuff like that and being able to think about how they work section by section. And, And that sort of personal analysis is something that I've always prided myself with. And it's it's come to a head now where like I'm using it as part of my career. And and so it's a really cool thing to develop with me. A hobby that I've that I didn't really know was there, but is now kind of important as I've, you know, become more mature. I think that's a pretty cool aspect of things to talk about. Like the you know, the How phrase you've grown from your hobbies. Well not that, but uh, I was thinking more along the lines of turning a hobby into a career because you know how there's that phrase uh if you do something if work is something that you love then you'll never work a day in your life yeah i mean unfortunately not everybody gets to do that because sometimes you just have to do work just because uh but if you're fortunate enough to turn a hobby into a career i don't think that that many people get to do that and when it does happen though i think that's outstanding and that's awesome and if I do have the opportunity to turn that into a career, like, hell yeah, well, like, why not, right? Like, then 
you're doing something that you love and still earning some some quiche for it like uh on a smaller scale i guess even what i'm doing now is kind of that right like like i already said volleyball is one of my huge hobbies and that's coaching is my day job so i in one aspect i mean i don't think it's going to be long term unless i start getting offered like multiple thousands of dollars <laughs> for it but like at the moment right like it's what i'm doing as my work and it's like it's awesome it's a good gig i've already told you before that ever since we started the podcast and i'm continually learning more about audio editing like i'm honestly thinking about that being another avenue of maybe a professional career like for now obviously i have my degree that i earned in college and that's for sure as of today and going forth you know my Mm -hmm. projected path but if somewhere down the line i turned this podcasting and my knowledge in audio and video and whatever else and production and all that stuff. Like if I ever got to a point where I was good enough to consider turning it into a career and other people acknowledge that I was good enough to turn that into a career and I was like getting paid decently for it. Absolutely. Like I'd, I'd take, keep your doors open. Yeah. I'd, I'd take doing audio work and editing work over like working a boring office job every day, you know, cause then it, at least it's something that, I enjoy doing and that would be awesome. You know, that's that's a really important thing as well is um, what type of hobbies would you like to incorporate into career work? And that's a really cool way of looking at, you know, we're doing this thing right now. This podcast is almost a hobby for us. We do it for ourselves. We do it for the sake of itself. Um, and, and to be able to think about using these qualities that you're learning from the podcast and sort of laboring over as part of your career in the future is really, really cool because you start to see the fruits of like really true, genuine labor come to come to work. And it sort of plays into how like I think a lot of us have these hobbies that we'd like to turn into careers and, you know, that we are passionate about but don't have the time and effort unless we allocate all of our all of our efforts into that instead of like regular work. I think you know? the biggest example of that would be professional sports like how many people go into sports in high school and then after that go into college, like they're getting D1 offers to like all these schools, you know, for football or basketball or whatever. But then even among those people, like how many of them are getting drafted into the NBA or NFL? And like there's a very small percentage of people who are either have the physical genes or put in the work ethic to attain a level where their hobby of playing the sport that they love actually turns into their career. Mm. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, it's – Sports and professional sports have been uh, romanticized in the U.S. especially that they like Gatorade, you know, they're always like, just do it. Or they, all these sports companies really put it's forth Nike. this. Yeah, they're always like, put in put on all this effort and you'll attain your dreams, right? But the harsh reality is like an extremely small percentage of the entire human population will ever achieve a level where they can make that their day-to-day job. And unfortunately, like, most of us, it will only be resigned to a hobby, but... You know, that, that points mm-hmm. to something really important, though. It's that the motivation behind certain hobbies is almost... Uh, is sometimes enough to push it into a career. Mm-hmm. You know, you never... I guess you do find people who do try things to be to seek greatness. And it's not wrong to do that. But a lot of the times when you're only seeking greatness, it only travels so deep as the probability of your greatness increases. You know, if you have this vision that you can become great and it stays there and you keep believing that you can be great, you know, there's a better chance that you keep with a specific hobby. But I think what really has a lot more power 
are those people who do things for the love of it. And you notice that about even athletes and artists, a lot of them, they only do the things they do because they like it so much. And it's what they know, it's what they want to do so much because they have this genuine love for it. And it's this motivation that pushes them into doing something so almost crazy. Like, why not pursue a regular job where you can be stable? Why do something like pursue a music career or anything like that? It's almost suicide when you think about it, at least career-wise. But those people have such genuine motivation for it that inevitably they, well, not inevitably, but sometimes they can pull through and make it and do great things because of that motivation, you know? And I think that's an important thing to consider with hobbies uh, in how hobbies really reflect the passions and the virtues that a person may or may not have, right? Right now, upcoming, we got this Khabib versus McGregor fight, October 6th. And right now, with Khabib, during the press conference that happened recently, it, I think you can take a lot away from Conor McGregor and what he was saying about why he's fighting. Yes. Because he okay. was fighting, and then he wasn't, um like, he doesn't need the money. He had that Floyd Mayweather fight. He made, like, 100000 or $100 million or something ridiculous. Like, I think it was $100 million. Jesus. Up until that point, throughout his whole entire MMA career, before that Mayweather fight, he only made, like, $9.5 million. He, like, <laughs> only. only. <laughs> but still, it's yeah, like... Yeah. He literally like made all this freaking money, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing it because I don't like this guy." And he had a clear motivation and passion for like just wanting to kick the crap out of the other guy, Khabib. Mm. And it was like, "Dude, that's sick, man!" And he was like, "Like he seemed really honest and genuine throughout that whole thing." I think one the thing about press Conor, conference. I think one thing about Conor McGregor too is that is interesting. I mean, specific only to his story is that he was a fighter because he believed in it and he liked yeah, it. He liked because he it. was a I think he was a plumber before then and mm-hmm. he grinded so hard to get to where he was. I I remember reading this <laughs> <laughs> thinking of him being in a club and just like grinding on other See, foods. That's that's or the problem with that word, you know. It, we, we understand it <laughs> I know, I in know. both <laughs> ways. But so like he definitely had to work very hard and yeah. I think in an interview with is it his wife now or his girlfriend uh, she had said, like, you know, he spends so many hours at the gym and, like, learn and practicing his fighting technique and doing stuff like that. And then when he made it, it was almost surreal. And so it's that type of motivation, that, that unending, self-serving motivation that's like, I want to be great because I love it so much and I feel so passionate about it. And, and it's, this, it's this way where hobbies reflect that that we can consider how the relationship between hobbies and uh, career work. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people have this binary uh, in their head about how hobbies and work are totally different things. But I think they're much more mashed together than we like to, than we think they are, at least. You know, there are certain parts of your work that you could probably consider hobbies because you just like doing it enough. Work can be monotonous, but it can also be a hobby that you do, you know, like you can make a hobby into your career. And so because of that, I don't think that hobbies and work are necessarily separated by what you do. It's more about how you view them. It's more about your perception of the activity itself. So if you're going into a hobby or if you're going into some activity that makes you a lot of money, but you hate it, it's work right? Yep. You don't necessarily enjoy all of it. It's, it's work. You're doing it to sustain yourself. You're doing it so that you can put bread on the table and whatever. But when you're doing a hobby and you like it so much, or if you're doing your work and you like it so much, it's, it's like, it's definitely something more enjoyable 
than just a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. Because then if you're doing work that you really enjoy all the time, I, I think it would be, wouldn't be correct to call it a hobby because a hobby sort of assumes that it's something that you do on the side. Yeah. Uh, and so this, this uh, separation between hobby and work really depends on how you perceive the activities that you do and how much importance you give to the things that you do as well. If you put a lot of importance into these other aspects of your life, you might be able to consider them career, career options. Like if anyone is a photographer and starts putting a lot of uh, time and effort into their photography, they you know, might be able to call it career work because they're working so hard at it and they're doing things for the sake of itself, but you know, working nonetheless. And if it makes them money, I guess you could consider it professional. But if it doesn't, it's still something they do for fun. Whereas if you if you like had something like you like to woodwork in your spare time and <laughs> you, you and you, the woodworking, it's back. And maybe you, like you maybe build birdhouses or some shit, or I don't know. Hell yeah. If you don't if you don't put a lot That's of time into right it, there, but it's something man. that you like. That's and hobby it's, material. And it's something you know that you're not super good at, but you still like doing it. It's kind of a hobby, right? Yeah. You know, it's like I know that I'll never. We know that we'll never be good at basketball, like insanely good to yeah. make it profession. Yeah. But we still do it. It's fun. Whereas you're good enough to, you know, do volleyball and teach, teach it on a like on a high level. And so it's definitely like a hobby that's moved into a career path because you like it so much and because you're so good at it and you've spent so much time doing it. You know, mm -hmm. and so that that perception about how we understand hobbies is really important right true yeah i think that's it's an important thing to talk about just because there's always this idea that like just like you said if you enjoy what you do then you'll never work a day in your life so like you know what is work and then what is a hobby if a hobby is something you really like mm -hmm. you know and so it's important to be specific about how we think about those things that phrase should also be taken a little bit carefully because there's absolutely such a thing as burnout you yeah. know like uh as much as i like playing video games sometimes i'll get bored of a certain game and i'll be like all right well i want to do something else and sometimes i feel like the reason why people drop hobbies is because they either do it so much or they get overwhelmed by what that hobby can turn into that they're like all right i am just gonna shut down and this isn't gonna be something that i find enjoyment in anymore like, for me, with, uh, let's go back to the league example. Like, I very well could have just quit that cold turkey because I could have just one day have been like, rank sucks and now I just hate this game altogether. And that sort of almost happened to me now. Like, I've, I'm burned out on ranked and, like, I don't want to do that anymore. But for me personally, I found that aspect of it that I still enjoy it. But for other people, for whatever hobbies that they like to do, some of them just get completely burned out on it and then don't enjoy doing it anymore. And even the people who can sometimes turn their hobbies into careers, that's something that could totally happen to them. You know, like I'm sure that even these professional athletes that are earning millions of dollars doing something that the rest of us would love to do for millions of dollars, they probably have their days where they're like, you know, I don't want to go to the practice or I don't want to have to go to the gym today to mm -hmm. put in the work to either maintain my skill in my professional career slash hobby or get better at it. You know, everybody has those days where even something that they enjoy, they can be like, oh, it, I'm not having as much fun with it as I was yesterday. And so I feel like burnout is an important aspect of pretty much anything that you do for an extended period of time that you should take into consideration about before you, you know, totally lose your complete interest in it. 
And burnout is totally a thing that happens to everyone. I know plenty of musicians, myself included, who've experienced burnout where being in a specific environment or being part of like music school in, in to keep it that example can really burn you out towards music. It's sometimes hard to listen to music and to enjoy it as much as you used to when it was so novel and when you were young. You know, there are times when I'll listen to a piece of music and I'll be like, this really doesn't do too much for me. Um, as opposed to times when I was younger and I could listen to music and be like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever listened to. Mm -hmm. And there's so many little parts about it. That doesn't mean I never have those moments anymore, but just the sort of mental burnout of being so oversaturated in my life with those specific things and types of experiences that make it too effortful to try and get those experiences it really add to that idea of like just conking out with the entire endeavor altogether. Mm -hmm. hey, there's a thing in the Bible that says, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat, something like that. So if you're, like, sometimes you just got to get burnt out, but if you fight through it, there's also that type of perseverance. Uh, if you get through that burnout, then maybe it'll be even more fulfilling. Well, there's also a, a part where it's like, depending on what the hobby is, they can find a different aspect in it that they hadn't discovered previously that will renew their enjoyment in the hobby. Like, and you know, what's, what's interesting is that really points to what we talked about in success too, where like success doesn't necessarily have to be success and failure. Like if you, you can find parts about a hobby that are more important to you than the, you know, other parts of the hobby. Mm -hmm. And that I sort of find akin to when you fail at something, it's more of a time to reorient into a specific way of what you like about a specific activity, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just reorienting in more subtle or specific ways. One example I can think of for that is musicians that hit probably a writer's block or creatively they have either created everything that they would like to in a specific genre or they can't think of anything else. But then maybe they find a different genre of music that they hadn't, you know, have that much experience in and then suddenly they'll be like, oh, something clicked in my mind, and now they got the creative juices flowing again. That happened even with, like, papers that I wrote for school. Like, yeah. I'd, mm. there'd be a topic that I write, and it'd be like, this is super boring, and I don't like it, but then and I find an article that's tangentially related to the thing that I'm writing about, I'm like, all right, cool, now I have more ideas. So it's kind of, like, it reignited. I love that. I, I've done that a few times where I'll have a hunch about how I can apply ideas to a paper, and I'll research it a bit and then I'll be like this is exactly what I was looking for mm -hmm. and it'll really propel me through something it, it's a really cool way of doing a paper and I guess a microcosm of doing you know all of your hobbies or interests I think the tie to success is really interesting in a way that I outlined while I was thinking about this it's like how you know hobby like uh, how we consider hobbies and how we consider success are tied in the way of fulfillment you know, I think hobbies, whether you call them like work-related hobbies or really true hobbies where they're just like things you do for fun or hobbies that can turn into careers or whatever you have it, they sort of come together in the fact that they both deal with some sort of fulfillment and they both deal with some sort of like experiential success in having that. And I think the difference is the time frame that this happens on. So for instance, we talked about success, like long-term success and long-term experiential success or long-term, uh, the other one, quantitative success, or you get a lot of things or you do a lot of things. And so at the end of it, it's really hard to find the idea of fulfillment because what are you fulfilling at the end? Um, and so I was thinking about this and, you know, talking with a few friends of mine about what it really means to be fulfilled. 
And one of my friends gave me a great idea about how, for him, fulfillment means that he has this idea in his head about what's already going to happen upon the completion of a specific task that uh, in which success provides fulfillment of that task already created. And so do you know what, I, do you know what I'm trying to say? I kind of get it. Where it's like yeah. if you have the idea in your head to draw a circle and then you draw the circle – it's like you feel fulfilled because, because you drew you the, drew circle. the circle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so if we consider like a life story or we consider life experiences, it's really hard to go about um, feeling fulfilled specifically because you're not going into a specific type of success with an already created idea about what that success is. And nor do you ever come out of that with those exact ideas. You always have to turn around and do specific weaving in and out of your career and in and out of certain types of success. Whereas I think hobbies, because of their short term nature, are more prone to having these like, I have this little idea that I want to do for this hobby and oh, I'm going to do it. Circle a lot easier. Yeah, so let's consider this podcast. Every week we always find, you know, something that has to be, you know, fixed different or done differently. Mm-hmm. And that's more on your end of it doing the audio stuff. Yeah. But so if your task every time is to, you know, do this differently and then we do it differently, that's a fulfilling thing. Yeah. And you know, and it's and it's parts of those hobbies that are so short term that we can find that type of fulfillment. We can full find that type oh, of there's, there's there the it is. There is the, the full find. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. Full fine, financially that, fiscal. <laughs> Man, we're we're making a real long that, log of all these things. And it's recorded. That's the worst part. So to get back, like uh, man, I don't even know what I was going to say anymore. But so we have all of these uh, these short term ideas of being fulfilled, and that's what really ties us uh, into like these short term ideas of success. And so I think if we think of hobbies and all sorts of it, we can really think of hobbies as being short term successes, mm-hmm. where we Ooh. we can create we can create ideas of fulfillment and then fulfill those ideas within a short time span because of their brevity. Right. That's yeah. freaking cool. That's true. I, I think it's, it's a, I think it's a really cool th- thing to think about in terms of hobbies because we always take hobbies to be this flippant thing, right? It's like, oh, this is just a hobby of mine. I just do it for the sake of it. But I think giving some thoughts to hobbies about what they are and how they, you know, interact with what we do in our in our daily lives is important because when we can start to think about. Uh, you know, how we plan our hobbies and what the hobbies mean to us and what the sort of short-term fulfillment really means to us. Yeah, it's different for everyone. I could give an example of that. Like for me, I could have mentioned this earlier as one of my hobbies, uh, working out, exercising. Like I said, a big overall goal for me is to get lean and cut and be aesthetically pleasing. But then I can also break that up into smaller goals as being like, uh, maybe I want my shoulders to be more broad and then I can start doing more shoulder workouts. And then if I get my shoulders to be the way that I like them, well, that's a step into the bigger, uh, overarching goal of me attaining that leanness, right. Or that image that I want. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about that is all that falls within the umbrella of it's something of a part of my hobby, like doing shoulder workouts is part of working out and working out is my hobby. So, you know, connect the lines i think another another good a good example is like practicing an instrument so if you're only doing it for a hobby or for actually whatever you want to do with it you can't do anything without setting up those short-term goals and setting up that short-term ideal fulfillment and hobbies you know really point to a good example of how to lead your goal-oriented mindset because hobbies are just like that and i think 
you know, it's interesting when you think about people who become successful out of hobbies because it's exactly that type of mindset that pushes them forward. It's not necessarily about this long-term goal that you're creating. It's about doing small steps. And hobbies are all about the small steps. So go back to woodworking. You don't build a shed in like, you know, one step. You do a bunch of small steps. And sometimes you may take a day to do it. And so like having that short-term goal of I want to build this today and then doing it is a great sense of fulfillment. And that small, those fulfillments inevitably mount on top of each other to become long-term goals. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think hobbies provide a really great small example for what it means to orient yourself in a goal-oriented mindset, you know, in a very healthy way of doing it. And if, it, you know, hobbies can be whatever you want them to be, and they can, depending on your perception and depending on how you treat those activities, they can be hobbies or whatever you want to call them. But most importantly, they reflect passions and they also just reflect on, you know, what are the best steps you can take towards doing something well? Yeah, like look at all the people who like doing drugs. They turn into cartels and drug lords and (laughs) sell that for loads of cash. Boy, did they turn their hobby into a career. (laughs) Soon you can be like, Pablo Escobar, Pablo Escobar yeah. the greatest of the hobbyists. Yeah, he's the best professional drug hobbyist I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but so I think that's a that's a really cool thing we can think about with hobbies. And you know, I think if anyone has any other ideas about what we want to, about hobbies in general, you know, what type of things we can incorporate into our discussion about hobbies, you know, maybe some things that are important in our discussion about hobbies, like. I don't know, different perceptions and different ways of thinking about hobbies, especially the the work career and the hobbies discussion is important because that one's an ever-evolving thing and how we can understand those. Yeah. But, you know, if you have any suggestions for that, you know, shoot us an email, you know, oh. find us on YouTube. Man, the day we get an email from somebody who's listening to that will be... A game changer. That'll be insane. Who knows if that'll happen? That that's that'll be our that'll be our first fulfillment. Until until then, we're talking to disembodied people who we don't know if they exist. It's a time capsule capsule that maybe someone will listen to. Maybe we'll send. I actually want to make this a whole another podcast episode. Sure. No, not now, but the idea of uh, sending messages to our future selves. Okay. And that's a good one. Reflecting on our past selves. So yeah, I want to make that whole. I want to make that. An, I want to make that another episode. Cool, cool. Tune Maybe in save, for save, that one. Save that one for when Peter comes back because I yes. think that'll be a good day to do. That. Yeah, very good. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, maybe. Try to find a new hobby or something if you feel like it. What are your hobbies too? You know, tell us about you know what you like to do. Yeah, unless it's listening. like some illegal shit that we'll get in trouble for, so don't do that. <laughs> or maybe you have some hobbies that you don't feel like talking about. That you know, like whatever, man, you do. Yeah, you know, whatever works. But until then, keep doing those hobbies. Keep feeling that short-term fulfillment. That's right. Okay. We said that we weren't gonna go all, all, all right. Uh-huh. But I think we I think we still need to do that spontaneous.